This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director since 1977. Been doing this longer than anyone else in Sioux Falls radio history. Hmm. But uh, uh, we go back a ways anyway. We're talking with U.S. Attorney Allison Ramsdell, who's the Chief Federal Law Enforcement Officer for the District of South Dakota, and Greg Peterman, the first Assistant U.S. Attorney, who's from Rapid City, who came all the way across the state and, and appreciate you being here because when we talk South Dakota, a lot of times here in Sioux Falls we think East River, but so much of it is... Uh, so much of it is, uh, when you go West River, uh, almost a different world over there. Uh, I, I guess, first of all, I was thinking, now, sometimes we mix up the U.S. Attorney and the U.S. Marshal in, in you know, I, I was thinking of it, though, really, it's kind of like law and order. One's the enforcement and one's the prosecutor type of thing. <laughs> um, but how is the federal marshal, how does that work with you? You're both under Department of Justice, I believe. That's right. Also under the Department of Justice is the FBI the Drug Enforcement Administration, and the ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. So oh. together, those agencies plus the U.S. Marshals mm-hmm. help us enforce federal laws in South Dakota. They investigate the cases. We prosecute them. So just like law and order on, on That's TV. exactly right. Uh, have you ever met Merrick Garland, uh, your boss? Or? I have. I've had that pleasure a few times. Well, it's, it's a big department. and We were just talking about so many different uh, the prisons is under that. Uh, uh, it goes on and on. But first of all... Uh, I was very impressed with the, well, for, it, it's the district of South Dakota. Why did they call it that? So with in the Department of Justice, there's 94 districts across the country. South Dakota is one district, but we call it a district so that we can specify not just the state, but the region of the state. So you might have the northern district of Iowa, the southern district of Iowa, but South Dakota, given our population, is just one district. Well, uh, Allison, tell us a little bit about yourself. I grew up in Flandreau, South Dakota. I uh, went away for school, came back. I clerked for federal judge Karen Schreier before coming over to the U.S. Attorney's Office, uh, where I served as an assistant U.S. Attorney doing civil work and civil rights work for about eight years before the court appointed me to this position in April of 2022. I used to do disco dances at the school for uh, Flandreau Indian School back oh. in the old days. And it was a big change when they got the... Uh, uh, they started getting income, and I made a big difference when he started getting these casinos. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, before that, it was kind of bleak, but when the casino started, all of a sudden they got new tennis shoes, they got new uniforms, and all that kind of thing. But now, uh, the Native American population in South Dakota, I grew up, I'm going on 77, but as a kid growing up in Sioux Falls, I can remember hearing the only good, you know, um, People saying, do they still shoot bow and arrows when they come to Mount Rushmore? Um, things like that. Uh, but then again, uh, I remember the American Indian Movement uh, with Pine Ridge. Uh, the radio station I was at, KISD AM, which is next to the courthouse down there. We were worried that they might come take over the radio station back in those days. So we've come a long ways, but I've seen... Um, also, the Glala uh, University, where many have gone to the university and, and started uh, uh, reading the treaties, uh, which of them, a lot of them, uh, uh, basically, we, we weren't standing up to on that. But uh, give us an idea of what uh, today looks like uh, with the uh, Native American uh, population in South Dakota. Well, with respect to what our office does, we interact with all nine Indian reservations in South Dakota. We have jurisdiction to prosecute federal crimes off of those reservations. So 
we spend a lot of time down in, in what we call Indian country. That's a term um, from statute. Mm-hmm. We do outreach in Indian country. We prosecute in Indian country. And uh, we try to advocate for Indian country when we can. We know it to be a rich and diverse place yes. full of good things. Uh, we have to see some of the bad. But uh, it's a it's an area of our state uh, that we care deeply about. I go back to helping start the Native American uh art fair that uh, they have now going back a few decades a lady by the name of rose she taught me to go take the southern route through the reservations instead of just i-90 mm-hmm. you know it is very beautiful mm-hmm. uh, especially in the springtime and and summer and fall uh take the southern route uh, it, it's something that uh, you just bypass otherwise 80 miles an hour on, on i-90 it doesn't take that long it didn't take you long to come from rapid city i'm sure um Greg Peterman, you're the first U.S. attorney assistant in Rapid City, so you're kind of in the middle of everything there. A lot of the court cases, I imagine, happen in Rapid City. Well, uh, cases that we prosecute through the United States Attorney's Office um, west of the central part of the state are all prosecuted in the Rapid City office. I was the supervisor there, but I, I now have an office. Uh, I'm no longer the supervisor, so I have an office still in Rapid City and an office here in in, uh, in Sioux Falls. There's another individual who runs the Rapid City office, but a lot of the work that's done in the Rapid City office uh, derives from cases from the Pine Ridge Reservation. Um, we have a number of prosecutors who prosecute violent crime there, and um, I think they're very effective at it. I, I think it's always important to point out, um, like we do in our press releases, the only reason the federal government uh, is prosecuting there is because that's a function of federal statute. Um, Word otherwise, we might be doing other work. We do prosecute cases in Rapid City, but uh, we always want people to know it's not that things are worse off in Indian country, and that's why the feds are involved, but really it's a function of federal statute. But I want to add one other thing, because you started out this conversation talking about uh, some of the days back in the 70s when relations were not good. There's been a sea change uh, in the relationship between the United States government. Let's just just our office, really. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on the Justice Department and Indian Country in South Dakota. Um, we are there, as Ms. Ramsdale said, every day. I mean, we have people all the time working in Indian Country. Allison was just down meeting with the Oglossu Tribal Council a few weeks ago. We were back there last week, um, and that's it, it's it's like that throughout Indian Country in South Dakota. And I've been here 32 years, and even in that time, and that that's post 70s when there were a lot of issues. Um, it's just an extraordinary relationship. Yes, there's a lawsuit going on against the Bureau of Indian Affairs uh, with the Oglossu Tribe, but. We're still welcome there. I mean, we still bring goodwill. We still bring uh, a work ethic that we're going to do everything we can to improve public safety in tribal communities. And I think that's, we never tire of pointing that out, all of us who work in the office. The uh, uh, governor is having a few problems with Aglala right now. Uh, uh, but again, communication and education is the key. She's willing to work. Uh, you know, whatever she can do. Uh, we're seeing a lot of immigration coming across the southern border. Uh, a lot of the uh, uh, have said that they're very sent, uh, uh, sympathetic with those coming across the border. Uh, and the governor's talking about uh, some of the gangs, uh, the ghosts, the uh, uh, drugs, um, you know, coming up through the reservations. I do remember maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 years now, the uh, talking about the uh, Diablos coming up, you know, the Sturgis Rally we were talking about, but the Diablos always came up through Nebraska, up through the uh, the, the reservation uh, for reasons back at that time. Uh, so it's been going on for a while, but uh, uh, trying to understand the difference in culture 
when we look at the fact that we've had three people in Sioux Falls uh, freeze to death, um, and that number, you know, isn't going down, it seems to be going up. What is the culture where some kind of just seem to um, give up? You, you, you know, it, it's... Uh, I was in the library downtown Sioux Falls uh, a while back where a lot of the Navy, uh, Native Americans congregate that hang around downtown. And they were all saying, well, I've been to this prison. I've been to that prison. Uh, this, this prison's better than, you know, it's kind of like they were uh, uh, badges of honor almost in a sense. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference in culture that, that uh, maybe we can help with? I don't think it's a function of culture. I was a prosecutor in Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. um, and there were very, back then, this is 30-plus years ago, there were very few Native people, but there was large African-American population, large um, Hispanic, Nigerian, Dominican, uh, other large populations where we saw similar things. I, I think it's a, it's a function of economics. I just don't think it's a cultural attribute um, at all. We have a lot of homeless folks in Rapid City right now. Um, I, I, I just I reject the notion that it's cultural and more just a function of there are uh, there's what 85% unemployment, for instance, on the Pine Ridge Reservation. That is a staggering uh, amount of people unemployed, and there are simply no jobs there. And some folks come to Rapid City, um, perhaps the way they come across the border from other places. I don't want to talk about the border, but. Um, Rapid City has extraordinary services. Um, former Sheriff Tome and now Sheriff Mueller are maintaining an extraordinary facility for uh, people that are homeless, um, people that uh, uh, need counseling, people that need treatment for drug and alcohol abuse. Um, so I think I think we're seeing it throughout the country, right? I mean, large, uh, enormous amounts of homelessness. I mean, Denver, uh, Chicago, L.A., New York. Um, that. That's all I think it is. I mean, the Ogallosu tribe continues to function. All the tribes in this state, mm-hmm. they continue to function. They run lively governments. They have colleges. They have education, health care, housing. Um, no, I, I think it's just we're in a, a point now where, I, I mean, demographers can't quite figure it out. Uh, why are we seeing these, this spike in homelessness throughout the country, not just Rapid City, not just Sioux Falls, um, not just Indian country? Um, and I think... I don't have the answer, but I don't think it's um, related at all to culture. I think it's uh, it's a function of economics. Alcoholism is something you see even in cowboy m- movies. Um, uh, they you know they've they've tried to keep alcohol from coming across the the, the borders and that type of thing. Uh, but when these people uh, pass away, you know, freezing to death in a uh, landing of a, of a parking lot, alcoholism is usually a part of that too. And you're shaking your head, yes. Uh, uh, is that part of the desperation? I, I, the two of the counties, poorest counties in, in the world almost are, are Pine Ridge. Uh, and Pine Ridge, yet on the other hand, has some of the best basketball teams sometimes. <laughs> They've done quite well. Uh, but that desperation, I'm trying to understand that. It's got to be pretty desperate in some of those areas. I'm not a sociologist, but mm-hmm. I've worked down in Pine Ridge for 27 years now. Um I, I can say this, not from a sociological standpoint, but from a prosecution standpoint, that the vast majority of our prosecutions there, 
violent crime, violent crime against women, children, elderly, and even men committing violent crime mm-hmm. against each other is often um, a, a function of alcohol or drug abuse. Um, uh, um, a lot of our domestic violence is a function of uh, uh, a man. It's often, 99% of the time, a man assaulting a woman or a child um, is intoxicated. And so that is that is a, a, a problem we've seen for decades. It is not always the, what precipitates the crime, but it very often is what, what does. And it makes prosecution, frankly, difficult, not insurmountable, though, not by any means impossible. We, we deal with it. We educate juries when we go before them with these cases. Um, but there's no question about it. The tribe daily recognizes the, 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 the problem of alcohol and drug abuse. And we, we, we think we have a role to play mm-hmm. in, in trying to bring safety to the victims of this violence, which is often, again, precipitated by uh, intoxication drug use and such. Right, if I could just add to that, yeah. I, I don't want to make it just a reservation issue mm, either, sure. right? Oh, we yeah. see violent crime sure. off the reservation, drug trafficking off the reservation that at, at its core are people who are addicted to a subs- an illegal substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the crack cocaine in South Dakota is something that uh, we see in the rural areas uh, yeah. more than people would imagine. Talking to U.S. Attorney Allison Ramsdell, uh, uh, Chief Federal Law Enforcement Officer of the District of South Dakota, Greg Peterman, First Assistant U.S. Attorney from Rapid City. Um, Allison, uh, you know, when we did the program with the uh, missing and murdered uh, of indig- indigenous uh, people with uh, uh, the state uh, coordinator on that, I looked at that list of missing. That's a long, it goes on and on. It's a long list of missing. Um, most of them young women, uh, some men, um, but many of them, they're still missing. They never be, they're never found. Human trafficking is something that uh, goes on, you know, throughout the whole world, but uh, uh, on the reservations, that's, that's, a, that's a, uh, a lot of women disappear, don't they? So first on the issue of the list or the lists, there are many lists that capture what people believe to be an accurate number of missing or, or missing persons, um, regardless of race. And we have troubles um, verifying a lot of those names. We often remind people that going missing is not a crime. A lot of those people on those lists choose to go missing. They're running away from dire circumstances or abusive homes. Some of those names just need to be removed. They, they were put on there because they perhaps ran away for a day and they came home and they were not re-reported and so their name remains on a list. Um, to say that those lists are connected to human trafficking, we haven't seen that in the work that we do. Um, certainly that's always a possibility that when a person goes missing, they could be in a vulnerable situation such as being trafficked. Um, but we're that's not, I would I'd say from our perspective, not the leading cause of missing persons in South Dakota. Well, the Aglala, we're talking about they needed more law enforcement. I think uh, it's, it's a big area and sparsely populated. Uh, I'm going animal hunting up in Buffalo, and believe me, it sits a long ways between gas stations. But uh, uh, is there a need for law who, who does the law enforcement? Is it the FBI, or is it the Highway Patrol, or uh, who really is in charge there? I'll let Greg speak specifically to law enforcement in Pine Ridge, like who are the players there. Uh, But across the state, we're seeing a shortage in law enforcement. And I would say not just in Pine Ridge when it comes to the reservations, but we know that Standing Rock uh, up north is 
in desperate need for more officers. I believe the last number I heard was somewhere between six to eight officers covering both sides of the state. Uh, we know it to be an issue in Crow Creek and Lower Brule. And so we, we hear about Oglala because there's this lawsuit, but I would say across the state, reservation, non-reservation, um, a supply of, of good law enforcement officers is a obstacle. But if you want to speak specifically, well, <coughs> the front law enforcement in New York, even, you know, <laughs> Well, that's right. And Rapid City and Sioux yeah. Falls. I mean, we talk to our friends in those departments all the time about about openings. Um, well, the front line for, for the enforcement law uh, in Indian country are tribal uniform police departments or BIA uniform police departments. And by uniform, we're talking about uh, men and women who put on a uniform with a badge and a patch and a, and a sidearm and a squad car. But then you have investigators. So the Oglalsu tribe, for instance, has their own investigator department. Other tribes have their own investigators investigators department uh, the bia has investigators in some on some of the reservations the fbi operates on all nine reservations in south dakota as investigators and what those investigators the certainly the bureau of indian affairs and the fbi people are doing are major crimes and the major crime that's not a term of art that's a federal statute which you may be aware of that's the major crimes act um, but frontline uh, uh, enforcement actions are undertaken by tribal police departments um, uh, the way they are everywhere else, the way they are in Rapid City and Sioux Falls and Mobridge. And I used to live in Mobridge. Um, so very similar. But the Bureau, the FBI and the BIA, they come in for larger scale murders, rapes, uh, perhaps violent robberies. And then you have the DEA and the ATF coming in for firearms and, and, and illegal narcotics. Kind of like the TV series Yellowstone, <laughs> I guess, in a way. There's the ATF and there's the, uh, the tribal and, and so on, I guess, in a sense. I'm just trying to relate to that. Yeah. And um, we should point out, too, that in these spaces you also have sheriff's depart- sheriff's offices who come and bring their resources to bear at times or the highway yeah. patrol with, through agreements with these tribes. Right. Some um, of the task forces, that's right. And how does the U.S. Marshal come into that? Well, the U.S. Marshal, actually, the the, the um, U.S. Marshal's first and foremost uh, duty is protection of the court, protection of the court infrastructure, protection of judges, transportation of defendants to and from courts. Now, the U.S. Marshals, in an interesting development years ago, are also were given by Congress, I believe it was Congress, not DOJ, primary responsibility over uh, sexual offense, uh, a sexual offenders registration requirements. They're the lead agency in the country um, investigating federal violations of, uh, of registry laws by sex offenders. But otherwise, marshals do fugitive uh, investigations as well. You know, they've got their top 10, top 20 lists like the FBI. But the marshals <clears throat> are are affecting arrest warrants in Indian country, um, but they are not investigating the occurrence of crimes under the Major Crimes Act the way the FBI and the BIA and the DEA and ATF are. How much does, you know, many times uh, disagreements are over land. Uh, Is that part of it on the reservations as far as uh, land? You know, I always thought, you know, with all the casinos now, they can buy back the Black Hills, you know, in a sense. But uh, is there any disagreements over land from on, on the tribal aspect? Well, there might be disagreements over land, but but I don't see that as a driver of crime that, and, and maybe I'm misunderstanding your question, but I don't see that as a driver of crime um, uh, of the nature that we are involved in at the U.S. Attorney's Office under the Major Crimes Act. I mean, there are 
civil disputes often mm-hmm. we hear. Sometimes our office, our civil division has a collateral role, I think, with some of those disputes. But, I mean, there's a BIA realty office. There are land offices. That's something our office tends not to get involved in unless there's a commission of a federal crime. Um, that somehow leads to violence, and then here we are. Greg Peterman, first assistant U.S. attorney. U.S. attorney uh, Allison Ramsdell, chief federal law enforcement officer for the District of South Dakota. You're out of Sioux Falls, but what do you want people in Sioux Falls? To, this is, to us, it's a different world, and if you go out to the Cattlemen and on the West River, it's, it's a whole different uh, uh, world out there. For those of us that, you know, I grew up in Sioux Falls, and I'm still trying to understand a lot of things about this difference in South Dakota. What is it that you want uh, people People to to hear uh, that you know you can we've got a few minutes. What do you want to say? Well, something I'm so proud of, and it's not just in Sioux Falls, but it really is a major piece uh, of the equation here in Sioux Falls is the collaboration between federal law enforcement and local law enforcement. You have the Sioux Falls Area Drug Task Force. You have men and women working together every day to bring drugs to get them off the street, off our highways, off the interstate, um, and brought into federal court in many uh, scenarios. So we hear about all these drugs coming through the border and affecting safety in South Dakota. I'd want people to know that in South Dakota you have a robust law enforcement um, presence that is responding to these to these drugs, that interdicting these drugs, and you have prosecutors who are, who are bringing justice to these offenders, getting sizable sentences. Just yesterday, I think we had a 20-year sentence, last week a 27-year sentence, last month a life sentence for for drug dealers coming outside of our state into South Dakota with pounds and pounds of fentanyl and methamphetamine. Are we seeing cartel or the the proxies of the cartels? Certainly these drugs are coming from Mexico. And so, you know, two, three, four people removed, yes, we have a cartel presence. Um, well, you don't have to answer this, but I'm going to ask, do we get a lot of the... Uh, uh, placement of uh, out of New York, maybe they they've got a guy that uh, is going to you know testify for somebody. They'll put him in a, a, a place where they can send him. You're smiling. You know. talking about Witsec? Yeah, yeah. Do we get some of those out here in South Dakota where nobody thinks they're out here? You're right. We probably don't want to come. <laughs> but you know, it, it, just to add, it, it can't be emphasized enough. We travel all over the country. Mm-hmm. We train with federal prosecutors. We train with federal, state, local agents all the time. The relationships in the state of South Dakota between fed, state, local, and tribal officers is is extraordinary. It is not bested anywhere else in the country. We I've been in this 35 years. People will go away and come back and say, man, what we did in South Dakota, I don't see it in Missouri or in Nebraska or, or Detroit or L.A. The ex- relationships are extraordinary. We have so many groups that, that comprise all four or five of those entities, West River, Central, uh, uh, East River, Drug Task Forces, Gun Task Forces, uh, Violent Crime Task Force. We're all in this together, and we all work together. And it's something that folks probably take for granted and shouldn't, because in New Jersey, where I come from, people just don't get along that well. Well, there's trouble all over the world uh, in many aspects. Now, we're building a new prison in Lincoln County, maybe. Uh, the federal prisons, that's a whole different department in the Department of Justice. But uh, when you prosecute people, is it kind of a federal prison system you work with South Dakota on that? Or do they go to a federal prison somewhere out of state? After a defendant is sentenced, the Bureau of Prisons uh, determines their placement. And so they do go into a federal pr- 
placement. Do we have any of those in South Dakota, I guess is what I'm saying? Yeah, we have a federal prison camp down in Yankton. Okay. I didn't know that. So we're learning all kinds of things. Okay, both of you, um, we're running out of time. There's so many things to talk about. What is the main thing that you want to accomplish, I guess, uh, uh, Allison, as far as uh, there's a passion you have to be a U.S. attorney here. So what, what is it you want to accomplish? I mean, we're tasked with improving public safety throughout the district of South Dakota. So in every community, large and small, working with our partners in those communities to investigate crimes and make sure they're prosecuted in the best forum. That's what our prosecutors do. Um, Working with state's attorney's offices, finding ways to bring cases federal where we can so that we can get meaningful sentences and try to get some of the offenders removed from these communities for for amounts of time um, that will impact community safety for the better. And Greg, you know, as far as dealing with the, does it have to be tomorrow what it was yesterday? You're changing, trying to change directions. Uh, Is it ever going to change? Oh, I think so. I'm an eternal optimist. I don't sound like it, but I really am. Because in 30 plus years out here, I've seen what I think is extraordinary change, both in Indian country and outside Indian country, in some of the places like Rapid City and Sioux Falls and, and some of the other places where we have more urban areas, if you will, um, extraordinary cooperative relationships like uh, working with UNET in the Black Hills who bring federal cases to us all the time. These are strictly state agents or working on Pine Ridge where there's a multitude of agencies involved or here the Violent Crime Working Group in Sioux Falls, which has seen extraordinary success in their first year. This is fed, state, local um, agencies, the state's attorney, the U.S. Attorney's Office. How many guns did they take off the street? just in Sioux Falls last year, 50s. Okay, that's something I hadn't heard about. It's the Violent Crimes Unit. Uh, tell us a little more about that. Well, it's called the Violent Crime Working Group. Yeah, and it's interagencies of, of quite a few. Yeah, it's run by the Sioux Falls Police Department. It's their Violent Crime Unit, but together with federal agents from Homeland Security Investigations, ATF, uh, folks from our office and the Minnehaha County State's Attorney's Office, just a group of folks getting together on a monthly basis to, to figure out who our most dangerous people are in the community, those with guns, and what we can do um, to get them off the street. Are we seeing more guns? Is it, uh, we, we've got two interstates uh, crossing here in Sioux Falls. Are we seeing more traffic in guns? I don't know. Um, what what we're seeing, though, is the extraordinary success of this group, and it's going to continue. It may take a few years to be able to tell you, look, here's the statistics. We can now go back and tell you whether there's an influx of more guns or are we have actually having an impact and we're seeing less guns. We know in the first year that this group was stood up, it has seen, uh, it's just seen amazing uh, uh, numbers of successful federal prosecutions. And again, as a result of everyone working together. There's no turf wars in this state. I've never seen anything like it. There's no turf wars. Everyone has a focus on the same objective, which is to keep our communities safe. And they're really doing an extraordinary job out there. Now, Sioux Falls has gotten a lot bigger, and with that comes uh, other problems uh, with that. Uh, of course, the rural community itself, uh, I mentioned crack cocaine in a, in, in a farmhouse even, is, is uh, something that we didn't expect you know, 20 years ago either. Uh, what is the U.S. Attorney's Office that people, you know, what is it that people can do? If they want to contact you, what is it that you can do for them? We, we have a, a line that people can call when they have questions, but we are a prosecuting office and so we we are 
a place people come to report crimes or to report civil rights violations. Um, I think in the in the space of civil rights violations, we are the person to receive those in many instances. We can investigate those civil civil rights offenses and try to help the parties find a resolution. When it comes to reporting crime, though, we always encourage the community to first report to your local police. Um, if you believe a federal crime has been committed, FBI would be the entity we'd want you to report to. If you call our office and we think you should be calling somewhere else, we'll let you know. Um, but we are a public office open for that type of interaction. In the last week, what are some of the cases you prosecuted in the last week or month? Oh, it's... We have a wide range. So Greg mentioned that the marshals are responsible for the sex offender registry. We regularly prosecute violations of that act. Um, Human trafficking, yes, we do prosecute that. We have a few trials this spring related to that issue. But in that space, bigger than human trafficking, I know it's a big concern in our community, but I would implore folks to pay more attention to what their kids are doing with their phones. I in this space, we see more issues with child pornography, the production of it, the distribution of it, um, the transportation of images of children, videos of ima- uh, videos of children being exploited. That is a area of crime we see a ton of in our office. Drugs. Uh, you mentioned crack cocaine, but we mostly see methamphetamine and fentanyl. Um, violent crime, so gun prosecutions, violent crime in Indian country. It's every week. I mean, we see every week we are putting out press releases uh, for the sentences and the arrests that we're making. People can go to our website and see them. You'll get a really extraordinary picture of the work that everyone in the state and the law enforcement community is engaged in. I wish I had more time. Now we're just getting into... If I could just add one area that we didn't talk about since tax season is coming up. We also do white-collar fraud. So tax fraud, social security fraud fraud cybersecurity fraud fraud yeah those during their taxes right now listen to that yeah <laughs> u.s attorney allison randall chief federal law enforcement officer for the district of south dakota and great peterman first assistant u.s attorney coming from rapid city I want to thank you very much for being with us on forum it's good to be here thank you